Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Today's episode has been in the vault, and I haven't been able to release it until now. It's such a dear conversation that I'm happy to release it now that I have the technical capability to bring it to you. I hope you enjoy it. We know that all of our suffering is temporary and this is going to pass. And we're here until God wants us home. And that's where we really bonded, I think, even on a deeper level than just being HLHS sisters. Do most heart warriors, men and women born with congenital heart defects, grow up knowing other heart warriors? Is that something that is more common today than decades ago? What kind of bond do heart warriors form when they come to know each other? Welcome to this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. I have a new studio, which is in Lauren's home. So thank you for inviting us into your studio, Lauren. (laughs) And all the way from California, we have Jenny Busta. I am Anna Jaworski and the host of your program. I am also a heart mom to Alexander. And all of my loyal listeners already know that Alexander is my heart warrior. He's the whole reason that I do what I do. The cool thing is that Jenny is one of the first people I met online way back in 19, I want to say, was it 97? 97 or 98. You know, such a long time ago, such a long time ago, but I was online looking for other people in the congenital heart defect community, and I met Jenny and her mother and Brenda Vignaroli. They were the first people, and Rita Scoggins. Hi, Rita. (laughs) So hi, all of my dear heart friends out there. But to actually get to meet Jenny in person was such a thrill for me. And now this is our third time together? Third or fourth? Yes. So that's really exciting that we've had a chance now, even though I'm in Texas, she's all the way in California. She's come to Texas twice. I've been to California once, but this is our first time to also be with Lauren. And this is really exciting. Today's show is called Heart Friends Meet for the First Time. And as I said, our guests are Lauren England and Jenny Busta. And those of you who have been in the heart world a long time, like we have, may know Jenny as Jenny Sorensen Busta. (laughs) (laughs) because jill and paul Sorensen are her mom and dad and so many of us know the Sorensons better than we do the boostos because (laughs) Sorensons have been around in the heart world longer than boostos right yeah yeah okay today's show features two people from the heart world who have met for the first time face to face on this visit and i'm really really excited to have them jenny Busta and lauren england were both born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, also known as HLHS. In the first two years of life, they both underwent multiple surgeries to repair their hearts. They later 
both developed arrhythmias, and they both received pacemakers, and both of them have continued to have arrhythmias, which have disrupted their lives at different times. Jenny lives in Southern California. She has a wonderful husband, Nick Busta, who has been on the program before, and he is a high school history teacher. They've been married. Now, this just doesn't seem possible. They have been married for 13 years. I just can't believe it's been that long. Together for 20. And together for 20. How many people can say that? That's pretty cool. (laughs) And Jenny has been active in her community for as long as I've known you. It seems in one way or another, between you and your mom, you have been active in a heart community. But who would have guessed that Jenny making a documentary would bring Lauren into her life? Now, Lauren has lived in Texas her entire life, and her heart led her to a passion for the arts and a beautiful friendship with Jenny, which we are going to learn about more in this program. So welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Lauren. Thank you for me. I'm so excited to have you on the program. We had the good fortune of meeting in person the other night, but it's after we were meeting in person, I said, oh my gosh, I have to have you on the podcast. And both of the ladies graciously agreed to meet with me again today so that we could actually record this and share this experience with all of the rest of you. Jenny, my longtime listeners will remember Jenny from season one. So you have to be a longtime listener seven years ago, unless you've listened to it since it's been broadcast again. But It was surviving the teenage years. She was on with another dear friend of mine, Monica Mossy. And I've actually gone all the way up to New England to meet with Monica in person. And I met the other guest, Tara McFadden, on the Hill for Lobby Day. That was really cool. So now I've met all three of you in person, which is really cool because seven years ago, I hadn't met any of you. (laughs) So that was super duper cool. And then you came back on again with her sweet husband. And we talked about marriage and what it was like to have finding a love, finding love, finding love with CHD. I still love that show so much. And then just recently, she came back on the show. And this is related to you, Lauren. She came on the show to talk about an anniversary. And how many was 10 years, I this think is, it was? It'll be 10 years, April this year. Oh, my April. goodness. Yes, that she made this amazing documentary with her friend we call Boom. But that's not his real name. <laughs> What is his real name? It's his camp name. Because that's in a camp. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, his real name is James Eric. That's right. That's James so Eric. They call him that. I know. It doesn't feel right, does it? And James came on the program as well. And we got a chance to talk about the making of a documentary where Jenny was sweet enough to share her life story on a road trip. <laughs> I mean, it was so cool. So we really got a behind the scenes picture of what it was like to make the documentary. We got to see Jenny meeting this sweet little girl who is now. She's 10. Oh, my gosh. It just doesn't seem possible. Oh, my gosh. It just doesn't seem possible. So for any of you who are listening to this, who haven't had a chance to hear these episodes, I will have the links in the show notes. And the show notes, for any of you who don't know, is just the description of the show. So at the very bottom, at the end, I'll say other shows that we mentioned, and it'll have a direct link. And that way you'll be able to listen to those shows. Because I know once you hear Jenny, you're going to want to know more. Because today's show is very specifically about Jenny and Lauren. Welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna. It's only been a year, but welcome back. And this is so much fun to get a chance to meet you and your girlfriends. Okay, well, let's get right into it. And Jenny, we'll start with you. Talk to me about what your childhood was like growing up with a congenital heart defect and tell me about when you did start meeting people who had congenital heart defects like you. Well, as long as I 
remember, like my mom was always involved in some way or another. She had a support group called Treasured Hearts Support Group, and it was just a local group inventor account. And I would babysit the kids while they had their meetings. Doctors would come and speak or other people like that. So that's where I really started wanting to do more, you know, like in my future with the heart community. CHD especially. And then it wasn't until I was about 10, I started going to a heart camp that I've mentioned in the past episodes. And that's where I really started meeting people like myself who had scars on their chest. And it was just so unique and amazing. Because they were people your age and older. Exactly. Whereas with the group your mom started, they were all little. People were looking up to me and it was more like, oh, you're my age. You have medicines to take. And yeah. You know what it's like to lay in a hospital bed, really. And you work with your mom. You are all right. by yourself. And that was the first time I it. I know, I know. So excited. So when I started to work on my book called The Heart of a Mother, that was one of the ways that your mom, Jill, and I became friends was because she was one of the writers. And I was specifically looking to put together a chapter about milestones. And this was something that was really, really important to me. My son was still very young. He wasn't even in the double digits yet. And I wanted to know, will my son be able to drive a car? Will he ever have a girlfriend? Will he ever go to college? Will he survive that long? Because when my son's heart defect was diagnosed, I was told he was probably not going to survive the first year. And then they said, well, he probably won't survive to age five. So to make it to double digits, that was huge, right? I don't know. Did your parents get told anything like that? Yeah, remember specific. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good because no parent should be told what I was told. It's so heartbreaking that I would most likely need a transplant by the age of 30. And Us did they? I'm still 30. I'm 35. So. Yeah. And no transplant. No tra- so that's pretty close. Cool. So you have to fight the eyes. Okay. So let's just say I had a really big party uh, when I turned 30. <laughs> and I wasn't invited. What's up with that, Jenny? <laughs> about 40. Okay. You got it. You got it. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds really good. And Lauren will be there too. <laughs> there we go. It'll be a big party. Okay, Lauren, what about you? So Jenny grew up surrounded by kids younger than her. And then at age 10, she went off to camp and finally saw kids her age and older. Even some camp counselors, right? Yes. So that was a huge influence on your life, I know. Did you also grow up knowing people like you who had heart defects? No, so my experience was actually completely different than Jenny's in the sense that up until my ninth grade year, really, I lived a pretty normal, my normal kind of life. And I didn't really meet any other people with CHD. I didn't have a community of CHD people. But at that time, it didn't really matter that much to me. I enjoyed the life that I had. But whenever I reached adulthood and around age 21, that was when I really started needing support. So let me ask, it sounds to me that you led a life similar to Alexander in that Alex's first surgeries were before he was even one year of age. He didn't even remember them. So it wasn't until he had to have a Fontan revision that all of a sudden all this stuff mom had been talking about for years (laughs) kind of came to the forefront of his mind because he couldn't remember any of his surgeries. Yes, he had to go see the cardiologist, but that wasn't a huge big deal. It was when he had to have a Fontaine revision that all of a sudden this seemed very, very different. Is that kind of how your life was as well? 
Yeah, I would say similar in the sense of I was always aware that I was different, that I had this condition where the other kids would say, why does she get to sit out of running or when she gets special treatment? But at the same time, that was the extent of it, or I would get more tired easier than other kids. But I knew it was something big. But when the first episode of SVT, that's when everything got really real. So for those of you who don't know what SVT is, that's supraventricular tachycardia. And that's when your heart starts beating way too fast. And we need it to not beat that fast, right? (laughs) It's very dangerous. So what happened when you started having the SVT? Well, my first one, I was hospitalized. And And, uh, that must have been scary. It was. It was very scary, very frightening. I didn't know what was happening. Actually, for 12 hours, I stayed in it because I just figured this will go away. This will go away. I actually even went to a birthday party. And when I got home, I finally was like, yeah, something's wrong. So your face wasn't flushed? You didn't feel faint? I'm very dizzy. Okay, okay. Out of breath. And I just kept hoping it would go away and just saying, well, this is probably normal for me. So this will go away eventually. But then finally, whenever I went into the hospital, they gave me some medicine that worked, but actually it doesn't work on me anymore. And so now they have to do a different process whenever I get stuck in SVT. <laughs> okay. So that was kind of like a real wake up call for you, wasn't it? It was. Before that, you just took your medications, you went and saw your doctor, and you pretty much didn't have to think about your heart defect, right? Right, yeah. I knew it was there, but it wasn't always at the forefront of my mind. (laughs) Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. We learned a little bit about their heart defects. Why don't you girls tell us about how you actually met? So around age 21 was when I and mentioned earlier that I really started just needing support because there was no one around me who was like me or was experiencing the weird symptoms I was or knew what it was like to be an adult with this weird heart condition. So let me stop you for just a second because I drove to meet you here and you're really close to Houston. There's got to be a lot of people here in the Houston area who have a heart defect. Was there no support group that you and your family belong to? There wasn't. It's just never something I looked into. I'm Sure, there's plenty of things, but I never even knew a CHD community really existed. Okay. And so I just got on the internet and I just typed in HLHS adults. And now this was seven years ago, right? That's so, right. Okay. So seven years ago, folks, it wasn't like it was last year. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just so people know. Okay. So seven years ago, 
You typed in HLHS. Yes, and just kind of came across some people. And in that process, through searching, I came across Jenny's documentary, Journey's Beginning. And I found the Facebook page for it, reached out to that page, and boom, who y'all mentioned earlier, actually put Jenny and I in contact. And that was when we first initially met online. That is so cool. That is so cool. So you guys owe Boom a big thank you. We do. Thank, thank you, you, Boom. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love that. That's so awesome. Okay. So, Jenny, were you surprised to have this young woman reaching out to you? Or did you have a lot of people reaching out to you because of the documentary? Not just because the documentary, but I, again, like have, have had people <laughs> reach out to me my whole life, but... What really stuck out for me, me and Lauren was we really connected on a deeper level because of our faith. And we have the same world views and we know that all of our suffering is temporary and this is going to pass. And we're here until God wants us home. And that's where we really bonded, I think, even on a deeper level than just being HLHS sisters. Right, right. And I love that. Yeah. So. HLHS sisters, yes. heart sisters forever, but also knowing because of your faith yes. that even after life on this planet ceases, you're not going to stop being sisters. You're right. you'll just going to the next plane together. I love that. I love that. You both do have HLHS. Do you both have the Fontan? Yes. Okay. So does just having that similar number of surgeries, you both had pacemakers, did all of those common experiences also bring you closer together? Oh, most definitely. Especially, I would say, the arrhythmia, because not yes. every HLA gesture has arrhythmia, and it was very life-changing, that specific issue. And not saying it's any easier not having or having it, but just saying that it's different. And to yeah. be able to experience that with someone who knows what it's like and to talk that through. There's been many times that I called her or texted her like, oh, pray for me. I'm feeling tired or sick. We'll just FaceTime together or just... Because she knows what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And not everybody who has a pacemaker is like you guys because not everybody has a Fontan heart. For most people, having a pacemaker isn't easier. I hate to use the word easier. I'm using those air (laughs) quotes because... Everything is relative when you're talking about the hard world. But for most people, it's not an open heart procedure. But for a Fontaner, having a pacemaker is an open heart procedure. So that right there makes it a much more complicated situation. And worrying about the leads breaking and all those things that you have to worry about. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I'm on my fifth you know, pacemaker and I'll probably be getting another surgery in the next year or so. But with Lauren, she's a little different in that, yes, she does have a pacemaker, but it's been disconnected. So it's not... It's been non-functionally since I was in elementary school. So So. that's just amazing to me that you have that device inside you and it's just sitting there. Just just kind of waiting around for something. Do you think that it will ever be reactivated? Or if you do need a pacer, that they'll put something brand new in you. If I do ever need one, it will have to be a replacement. And it'll probably be a lot smaller. (laughs) Yeah, because the problem was the leads that don't work anymore. Right, right. And what about you, Jenny? I know that you got your first pacemaker. You were young. I was three. Wow, three. It's been a long time, but you've had... Same layers. That just amazes me. 
changed the wires. Okay, so they've never changed the wires, but have they changed the devices? Okay, so they've changed the devices. Five times. Wow. So you've had five different kinds of pacemakers. That's just amazing to me. And now we're looking at number six. Yes. Next year or so. I got to that is yeah. a battery one day. <laughs> just recharge it. Like, right by the day that I could just plug myself in the wall. <laughs> that would really be nice. Okay, I'm looking forward to that day. That is too much. That is just too much. Well, talk to us about some of the things that you've learned from each other because it sounds like it's give and take, even though Jenny's a little bit older. And she's not a whole lot older, but what, seven years older? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> You're 28. She's 35. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be seven. Neither of us are going to have. Okay. So there's seven years difference. But you were saying that you call her and ask her to pray for you. And she has reached out to you. So it's not just a one-way street. It sounds like it's definitely, uh, definitely. mutually we'll beneficial. Yeah. A mutually beneficial friendship. Tell me what you've learned from your friendship with Lauren. Lauren has really taught me how to slow down and be okay with feeling tired or sick or like taking a breath. And no, it's okay to take a rest day. I put so much pressure on myself. I want to do all the cooking and the cleaning. I have so much to do in my own head that says you have to do all those things today. The dust will always be there. Right. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Right. (laughs) Instrumental and helping me like, I'm going to take a rest day today. (laughs) What is it about your philosophy to share that with Jenny? Because I don't think everybody always has that in their mind, especially women. Don't you think we women are really (laughs) guilty of, oh, we have to do it all? I think just the support around me, my family being always very understanding of the severity of my condition and telling me those things that like it's okay to rest it's okay if you can't keep up with that person because you do have half a heart and so i would say that that's just something my parents have allowed me to feel yeah i think that's a really grounded perspective because there are only so many hours in a day and you do only have so much energy that doesn't mean that you can't do that just means that you have to do all things in moderation and not expect too much from yourself. But that's true of everyone, whether you have a heart defect or not. The expression half a heart, when I first heard that, it kind of put me off a little bit and I didn't like it because I thought, no, my son has a whole heart, but no, really? <laughs> it's pretty much half a heart. And I think that by using that terminology, it's very iconic. It immediately puts a picture in your brain and it helps you to realize, wait a minute, you're probably going to get tired faster and that's okay. As long as you don't let it limit your life. And you're not. You're just saying, I know what my limits are. And so it's okay for me to say, wait a minute, I'm a little tired. I need a little nap. Then I'll be getting back to you. I think that's really a healthy perspective. Lauren, what have you learned from Jenny? So many things. But one of the main things that really sticks out is just, and one of the reasons I think I even reached out in the first place was becoming an adult with CHD is a very different experience than the typical adult. And yeah. you start almost feeling like you're falling through the cracks a little bit. You don't meet all the culture's expectations. And you constantly feel this weight on you that you have to be at the next step. You have to be where someone your age is. And when you're not, or your life doesn't look like theirs, it can be a little discouraging. And so Jenny 
helped me get to a place to be okay with that and to embrace it and to just be more comfortable and be okay with it. I love that because psychologically, you've both been able to help each other with totally different aspects of your lives. And that's what's so beautiful about your friendship. And I can see where having just those two things, and I know your friendship is so much deeper than that, but just those two, right, (laughs) just those two lessons alone, though, shows how deep your conversations have been with one another. This is something very fundamental that a lot of friends would probably never have spoken to each other about. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect, or CHD, community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. So we just talked about how having your CHDs influenced your friendship. But now I would like for you to share with all of us how having your CHDs and knowing each other and being friends, how it has made the hard times a little bit less hard. And I'm going to start with you this time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No, it's definitely made the hard times a lot less hard because knowing Jenny, she's walking through all the same experiences I'm walking through. I don't have to explain to her how I feel. She just knows and she's felt it. And so I know that she understands and can just (laughs) encourage me in that. And that's just been a huge blessing in the hard times to just have to come out. I love that. That's so sweet. Okay. What about you, Jen? Lauren, you said it so well the other day in that she just gets it. She said something. I live tired. And I said, yes. I am always tired. It's different levels of tired. <laughs> she just gets that. And I love that about her. And it makes our bond so much deeper. My Mondays are bright. Every Monday we talk for hours on FaceTime. And oh. she's my Monday. Like, oh my gosh, that's so you know, awesome. Just, okay, I want to talk to Lauren today. And like, that's my whole day because it's so important for me to keep that bond and just to grow it. And to take care of it. Is that why it was important for you to come to Texas? To Most see definitely. <laughs> now, I know there are a lot of people who might be freaking out because we're still hyper aware of COVID-19. Yes. Has that affected your relationship at all? Really? We talk about it a lot, how it affects us in our daily lives and the decisions that we make. And just trying to be careful. Use wisdom. Yeah, that's all we can do. Did you have to postpone this get-together 
Or was this exactly when you hit planned on doing it? So that's great. I was actually hoping to meet her in November because I had hoped to go to California for a conference, but that didn't happen because of the pandemic. So then she decided to come this way. Okay, I'm not just I'm not going to wait anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so the pandemic did affect what yeah. you were supposed it to did. meet. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, because I know it has affected so many people with yeah. their travel plans yeah. and with their expectations. I'm so excited that you've been able to meet a person, but why don't you tell us all what's next? What do you have planned for the future as far as your friendship? For now, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought Monday for Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> FaceTime Mondays, and you will be celebrating quite the milestone next year, age 30. So I definitely want to try and come back okay. for that to celebrate with her because I. So maybe we'll come back over the summer and see you and (laughs) see more people. That's right. Because there were some other people here in Texas that didn't get a chance to see. Katie, we missed you. (laughs) Next time, Katie, you get to be part of it. You could be in... And the baby, too, of course, because I can't wait to see the baby. Before we conclude the show, which this has gone way too fast, hasn't it, girls? Yeah. It has gone way too fast. But I want to get advice from you. What advice do you have for a heart warrior who's out there as far as taking that chance, going out and meeting that person who you've maybe only talked to online? I know a lot of people are afraid to meet people that they've only met online. I would just say the more open you can be, as hard as that may be, if you're super shy, the better, because then the other person will be more comfortable in sharing their hardships and their struggles. We can a better connection. Yes. First, and going off and then just building. Oh, I think being open is imperative, don't yeah. you? You know, it's so hard. It is so Many. hard, especially if you were bullied. And this is something that we've talked about before. Yes. That when you're bullied as a child, you automatically build some walls to try and protect yourself. And when you're talking about something as sensitive as your heart mm-hmm. and heart surgeries and medications and procedures, it can be easy to just kind of lock that away inside of you. But mm-hmm. by opening yourself to another person who's experienced the same thing. And that's what I did because, and I think heart camp really helped me do that. Right. Because I probably would have been closed up and really like not wanting to share anything, but like, just being around people like me really jump-started my involvement in the heart community and being able to share my story and just using that to heal, like, the scars from the, all that in the past. And then meeting her has yeah. just been icing on the cake. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the things that I love, and just because I've known you for such a long time, is that not only did you go to the camp and enjoy it as a kid, you became a counselor yourself. Yes. And I was supposed to go over the summer, but COVID. <laughs> I know, COVID's messed up so many things. Okay, so Lauren, what yeah. advice would you have for a heart warrior who's wondering if maybe they should meet another heart warrior? Well, to echo off of what Jenny said, I will say if you're shy and introverted, <laughs> like I was, <laughs> to still be willing, like Jenny said, to open yourself up, um, to put yourself out there. Jenny was really patient with me and always so kind and poking at me. I don't think you were. It took a while for me to open up. But yeah, I guess my advice after Jenny's would just be also to know that 
you don't have to meet in person right away. We built this friendship over seven years and yes. we gained a lot of trust. We FaceTimed so many Mondays and Jenny would be cooking dinner. I got to meet her husband over FaceTime. So there was, <laughs> we, we, we have each other's with we, we had therapists with her family. I met all her family members. Like, so there was a lot of trust built up because as much as you can be in someone's life without actually meeting them and knowing them, we were in each other's lives. And so I would just say that, know that you can still form a really deep bond before you meet up. And then it makes the meeting up all the more exciting. Because you already know each other. Exactly. So how did it go from almost, I'm a fan, I want to get to know you, to having Mondays where you FaceTime with each other? Was it first writing emails back and forth to each other? Or how was it that you transitioned? Because that's a pretty big transition. From being put together by a stranger. (laughs) Thanks again, boom. (laughs) All of a sudden, you really are heart sisters. We are. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say from the beginning, Jenny was the only person I'd reached out to who we just automatically clicked. We had so many things besides just our heart and Coleman that we would send messages that were pages long to each other. We finally went, we can't keep writing these long messages. Do you want to try from everything? And from there, it just grew because it was like, oh, one FaceTime call a week or a yeah. month isn't working. We need to amp this up. And, yeah. and so it just yeah. kind of continued to grow. Yeah. And we went through seasons where like, oh, I can't FaceTime over the summer because Nick gets home. Like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I miss Lauren. Like, I just need to, you know, and that was me being stubborn. <laughs> and like, just. Yeah. So there know, were seasons but, where we weren't as in. As in, well, yeah. 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 Whereas in much communication. Right. But it's grown over. I'm not going to and Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely she's definitely one of my one of my big priorities of the week. <laughs> well, what I love when we had dinner the other night together was how we said, "You know that you're a good friend when you can go for a couple of weeks or months or even yeah. years and not be in touch and then pick up the phone and it's just like it was just right. It happened. Yeah, it would. Neither of us were upset. We were just like, "Yeah, that's happened." Suddenly, mm-hmm. let's anyone yes right oh i just i love that so much i um, want a really fun fact okay when we met online jenny was 28 years old and then now when we met in person i am now 28 years old <laughs> that's awesome that doesn't mean that you were gonna wait till when you're 35 i think that is a fun fact well thank you so much for coming on the program today lauren i've known of you for many years now thanks to jenny because she brought us together but it's been such a life. Here you were right in my backyard. Because in Texas, yeah, two and a half hours, that's right in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so nice that now I know if I come to Houston, maybe we can get together. Well, thank you so much. It's been so wonderful just meeting you in person and just getting to be on your show. This has been a lot of fun. And Jenny, oh my God, I have you helped me launch this show. So excited to be in person and interview instead of zoom or or skype, skype or, can you hear me no i can't hear you the frustration just the person to person is just amazing it's so much more fun yeah i wish nick were here too i know me too <laughs> he would have solved all of our technical problems <laughs> like, you did not we miss you we were here for two hours before this yes you all have no idea what went into this but this was so much fun and i'm so thankful that We had a chance to talk about this because this is one thing that I think is unique to our community. When people get together, it is like you're a brother or sister, whether it's two heart moms together. And I have not had a chance to meet Lauren's mother to the degree that I want to. And I have a feeling over time, she and I will start to feel like heart sisters as well. Because 
there's just that common bond. You know, I had to hand my son over to a surgeon. She had to hand her daughter over to a surgeon. We will know each other in ways that go beyond even having to talk about it because we've been in that waiting room. We've listened to those surgeons say things that no parent should have to hear. That just helps you to form a really close bond. So I'm looking forward to getting to know your parents a little bit better. But just witnessing these two young ladies meeting and how their friendship has developed, I want to encourage those of you who are in the heart community, if you've been afraid to reach out to somebody, don't be afraid. Nobody understands you like somebody who has had surgeries like you have, who's taught to doctors like you have. It really is a special and unique experience. but. Other people have that special, unique experience too. And then that means that they can understand you without you even having to say a word. So take a lesson from these two beautiful <laughs> ladies and put away your fear. Take down some of those walls and open up. And I think you'll have a rewarding relationship just like Lauren and just like Jenny. So that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for all of my patrons. This is especially for you. I drove all the way to Katie to do this. Have a great day. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have become inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard at any time wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode is released every Tuesday from noon Eastern Time.